Where do I begin? Well, I wanted to use this first episode of a brand new podcast to kind of explain where I fit into everything and kind of how my journey in radio started. So that in the future, when I'm talking about different parts of the industry, whether past or present, you can kind of see my viewpoint, perhaps, or how my viewpoint differs. So I started on the radio in 2008 August, to be precise, on a radio station called Stump Radio, which was, um, it's a radio station in in um, Boston, in Lincolnshire, and it was this RSL, Restricted Service Licence, which, um, which happened for a few years until it changed into um, Endeavour FM, which is now a full community station. And I'm stuttering, stuttering a little bit here because I don't really talk about this a lot. You know, like it's it's hard to put it into words a lot of the time. And I know that's something of a skill for um, presenters to be able to do. I, I should be able to do more of it. But yeah, um, I started at Stump. Kind of happened by accident. They were looking for bands and stuff. I said that I could find bands for them and suddenly I was offered a show on the station when they changed to Endeavour I went over with them and I stayed with them for a year even going online with them because that was quite a new thing at the time the idea of a community station going from an RSL to online kind of that uh, new thing it probably had been done before but it was certainly the first um, the first experience of it that I had had or certainly the first time I'd seen it so I, I did that and I did a few bits and pieces and, and I was always kind of creative, you know. I have I can't really say I was much of a radio listener, only sort of in the taxi on the way to school and things like that. But um, when, when I was at Endeavour, I was always trying to be creative. I was always finding different ways, working with sounds and let's do stories or let's do sketches and, you know, let's do a little bit of comedy here. The music did come into it, but I always felt that radio could be something... Um, a little bit more. So when I left Endeavour, I actually moved back to my um, my home county of West Sussex, and I looked around, thinking, well, there must be something around here that kind of resembles it. And I can tell you that there were projects kind of in the pipeline, but none of them came to to pass. And basically, all that was around was spirit. Spirit FM, which at the time um, was owned by UKRD, they're now owned by Bauer, but, you know, they were owned by UKRD, and um, they're basically this big commercial behemoth that nobody can get into, you know, in local terms, anyway. So I kind of gave up on the radio for a while, and I I went to university and, and sort of had it in the back of my mind, you know, chalk it up to experience and all that sort of thing, and then eventually... I discovered that um, you could do internet radio uh, of a licensed variety. Because I had heard about it, but I always thought it was a little bit snobby. I mean, you would if you were on FM and someone was going, well, why don't you broadcast on the internet? And you think, well, I don't need to do that. I'm on FM, you know, but I, I thought, well, maybe this is an opportunity. So I went searching out for stations. I found a couple that I broadcast on. I, I built a studio in my home and got things moving. And in between university work, did shows on the radio. I even did a 24-hour 
radio marathon um, in 2011, I think, 2010, 2011, something like that, um, for Macmillan Cancer Research, or Macmillan Cancer Support, sorry. I, I always remember that um, when I I um, was doing this thing, I used to get the name of that thing wrong. It's, it's nice to know that that hasn't changed. But yeah, so I did internet radio for about three or four years on different stations all around the world. I did syndicated shows. I did live shows of all varying genres. And I don't know, I just felt in some way like I was building my way up. But the thing is, I, I didn't realize at the time that internet radio is kind of frowned upon in the radio industry. And there's probably people out there saying, well, no, 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 I, I like it because I'm on one. It's like, yes, but you might also be on an FM station. And so it's a little bit of a hobby. Um, it's not a step up for you. And I have known people go from internet radio to FM, but it's a very rare occurrence. And I'm sure after this, somebody will send me a list of all the people that have done so. But I thought I was going to be one of those people. And unfortunately, after about three or four years, maybe even more, I found myself building up something of a reputation, uh, good and bad. So I started playing a lot more kind of music from my my childhood, you know, because I found that that was connecting with people and I had extra things because being a radio presenter isn't just about going that was and this is. It's about putting that extra thing in. And I loved the fact that when I played 90s music, suddenly all this stuff came to mind, you know, memories of my childhood and things that I thought made the listener kind of relate to me and the music more. So I started doing something called the pop show and I, I did that for a while and I built that up. But unfortunately, um, you know, that was a good reputation. The bad reputation was I was a little, little bit of a station hopper because there are so many of these things around and a lot of the things that they will tell you, I can tell you this now, a lot of the things they will tell you are lies. So I know that's a little bit of a cynical way of looking at it, but it, it is true. You have to kind of sort out the the truth from the lie because I have seen it time and time and time again. Station managers will get you on board by quoting their listening figures. And I'll tell you something, this is an age-old thing. People, whenever I've tried to dispute this, people have really gone at me going, well, no, I'm right, you're wrong. And it's like, but this is a very common trait. I can tell you, as a station manager, a former station manager, which I'll get onto a little bit later, I can tell you that the kind of figures in the thousands, tens of thousands sometimes, per evening that people quote is absolute balderdash. I can tell you that because the technology just simply isn't there and the licensing is, um, is so that if it was that number, you would not be able to afford to do it. So when I was starting out, there were lots of people telling me these humongous figures. And, of course, naively, you go, OK, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go on there and and, uh, and do that and do that station. Then after four weeks, when you realise that li you literally have one email in four weeks and no, no communication, no anything, station managers left you to it, you know, and, and you literally just sat on somebody's live server doing nothing 
really, other than just playing a load of tunes and chatting to nobody, and you get fed up. So I was a little bit of a station hopper. That's kind of the way that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. So by 2015, I had kind of had enough of this. So I started a crowdfunding campaign and thought, well, I had done stuff at Endeavour and thought, well, why isn't there anything like that in the south of England? Why isn't there anything like that in my area, Chichester Bogner? Why wasn't that a thing? And so I had a, a specific way um, that I knew I, I could do it. And so I I crowdfunded this thing. I um, raised the money and I launched a radio station, South Waves Radio, it was called. And I'll be honest, it was a lot more work than I was expecting. And now I can kind of see why station managers used to lead me to it, because there's just so much that goes on um, at a station or within a station confine that you just don't have time to deal with it all. It, it just becomes so that you, you just get things. So I was presenting stuff for this station. I was producing um, I was also, you know, talent scouting. I was also being kind of the face of it, appearing in press, going out and talking to people and interviewing and filming and, you know, all this stuff because my background really is in media. So I know a little bit about marketing. I like to think um, maybe a lot. It depends on your viewpoint. But I did a lot of, of um, media and marketing and video and stuff. So I put all of that into the South Waves thing. And I tell you what, it absolutely exploded. It went to the point where we had thousands of people on our Facebook page, thousands of people on our Twitter page, which still exists, but under a different name, which I'll get to later. And I just thought it was absolutely amazing at the time. But the thing is, I was never really quite happy with the way it was going because I know that in the internet radio world, you have to stand out. So the way I was looking at it was suddenly there was all these community stations popping up from all over the place that were all claiming to do the same thing. We serve our community. When really all they were doing was playing a load of records from the 70s, 80s and 90s, maybe even newer. But the thing is, the age range of the people that are running it, you know, want it to be like the good old days of like ILR and, and Radio 1, you know, back in the 70s. And so community, a lot of the time with these stations, doesn't factor into it so I made I think what was quite a bold choice I decided to focus primarily and solely actually on speech radio speech and drama to be exact I turned the radio station that I was running uh, into Radio 4 basically it was a local version of Radio 4 with with um, you know bits of drama that I'd agreed with certain rights holders and, and stuff like that, you know, a little bit of old time radio. And I, I did things like the 15 minute wonder. So I got people involved who were just sat on their phones, really, who had something to talk about and did like 15 minute slots with them. And I'll tell you what, it was a revelation because suddenly we had all this um, speech material and I had people that were helping not too many but I had people that were helping we had all this speech material and there were people at the beginning that were going oh well I can't do it without music I, d I can't see it working without music and then afterwards when it started taking off and actually our social media exploded um, even further and we started getting interest from the university lecturers there we started getting interest from the football club we did broadcasts from there and suddenly 
it just absolutely exploded and people were saying oh well you you were actually right to go in that direction and the only unfortunate thing and the reason that you're not hearing about south waves radio now in any press is because to be honest i tried to do too many things too quickly and it was only really me that was really invested in the 100% speech and drama focus. It wasn't really something that, um, that, that people were that invested in in the, the main. There were a few people, but there wasn't enough, let's say. But I always had this thing of, I'm, I'm always looking over my shoulder, and I don't think a lot of community stations really do this. I'm always looking over my shoulder at Spirit FM and saying what are they doing that I'm not doing? And also, what am I doing that they're not doing? You know, so you you kind of, um, I'm sorry if that makes no sense, but what I'm trying to say is that I tried to look at it as if they didn't do something, I wouldn't just go, well, if they don't do it, it's rubbish. I go, well, if they don't do something, then obviously it must be done in some way or we must try that. You know, so I went and broadcast football matches and, and did all that sort of thing. And we got a humongous response. And I have to thank um, some of the people that helped us with that. And even to this day, I regret not carrying forward and just kind of looking at it. Because when you're running a radio station, certainly with that intensity, if if any station managers are listening out there, you know how intense it is to run a radio station. You're managing people, you're managing programming, if you're also program controller, and, you know, you've got all this stuff. But you're dealing with three hours of music, you know, sometimes um, three hours of music per show, you know, and probably like five shows a day or something. This was a station where there were half-hour, 15-minute programs, sometimes five-minute slots, plus news, plus any one-hour dramas that I could get my hands on, and it wasn't forever, you know? So there was always so much to think about, and in the end, I relied much too much on syndicated material, which was very much something where I was just trying to reduce the work, but because of the system that we were using, it actually made it even more work, because I was putting everything in manually, and I couldn't find anybody who would actually do that, or... Should I say, I couldn't find anyone I trusted to actually do that. Because the thing is, if somebody has made content and they want it played out, and they've made the deal with you, some people I couldn't trust to make sure that that went out. Because I'll tell you something, if it doesn't go out, sometimes they don't hear it, and it'll be the time that you don't um, put it out, that that they, they will message you and go, I'm afraid this is... Uh, you know, this isn't working right now. Why is that not on? And I, I don't know. You, you just, you just want to make sure that it goes out. And I guess I, I've always had this thing with trusting people, which I know is probably way against any management things. You know, like I, I should be more trusting. And it's something that I wish I'd carried on with. And I, I guess I tried to go too big too quickly. So that, that's what happened to Southwaves Radio, um, unfortunately. And. I can tell you this as well, because it had a little bit of a resurgence about a year after it closed, um, where it was bought by a media company. Um, media company discovered what I had done, and I had thought about kind of doing it again on a very small scale. So I had a, a survey, you know, and, and things like that. Um, just really, just so I could do interviews and the odd talk, st uh, the odd talk show, you know. And so this company approached me, and 
yeah, do you know what? I, I accepted their offer. I accepted their offer. They they offered to take me on and the brand, so I did so. But unfortunately, um, due to reasons I won't go into, it only lasted for um, for three weeks, um, which 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 is fine because to be honest, I don't think the understanding was quite there, and I don't think they realised just how much work it is actually putting it in. Because it's all right having people, it's all right having people support you, but you do need a firm kind of um, understanding you know it's it's all right to support but if what you're telling them uh, they don't really understand then it doesn't really work so I came out of there I, I did that and I decided right this it's time to put Southwaves radio to bed okay it's time to put Southwaves radio to bed let's create Southwaves audio and just um, do syndicated shows a little bit like I was doing before and also podcasts you know so I started writing audio drama and and uh, doing speech podcasts just like this and I guess in some ways it felt a little bit like a defeat but then I realized that podcasting is kind of the new medium it's the it's been around for 20 years plus but it is that thing that's just starting to come out into the the mainstream a little bit more and I'm kind of glad that that is the case because you know when I was running a radio station the number one question I got was can I catch up with the show that you've you put out and I used to be very anti at doing anything like that because I used to think well if they can catch up anytime, they're not going to listen to the stream that we're paying for. Because a lot of the catch-up services, things like Mixcloud, you don't have to pay for. So you, you kind of think, well, if all you want to do is listen uh, at your own convenience on a, on a podcast thing, then obviously, you know, we're wasting our money. But these days, these days, I put out a podcast like this and they go, are you on the radio? It's almost like if uh, it's, it's, it's a weird 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 situation and it's part of that changing culture that we appear to be in so dear listener i have just gone through not everything because i think i'm going to touch on certain things because i dealt with volunteers obviously while i was working with south waves radio and obviously i've dealt with station managers and different shows and the attitude and i understand really and and i understand right now if you'll never want to hear um me again talking about radio i'll understand if you decide no watching the wireless knows that this podcast isn't for me because this guy isn't some dude from radio one from 1997 yeah okay do you know i haven't been a producer at the bbc i haven't worked for global or bauer or any of the names like that but but I am one of those um, so-called hobbyists that's tried to turn it into a career. I've tried to use new media in order to to get out there. And that's the future of our industry. All this, um, you know, I, I've worked for people like Angel Radio, for example. I, I did a show on there for three weeks, but unfortunately, due to unforeseen circumstances, I didn't carry on. But... Um, you know, so I've, I've done DAB, so if that's as credible as you want to go, you know, I've done DAB with one of the best nostalgia stations in the UK. And I understand if you never want to listen again, because to be honest, why would you want to listen to some minnow who isn't paid thousands? You know, I, I the only wage I've ever earned from doing radio was those three weeks that I did with that company after they bought the station that I created. And... I know that um, I've had chats with my local university and stuff since and thought, 
uh, you know, it would be really nice to revive that. And I know that some people have asked me, I know I went to a meeting yesterday with a guy, which is one of the reasons for starting this podcast in the first place. They said to me, would you want to go and run a station again? I said, not unless there was um, a massive team behind me. And, and also, a lot of my ideas are kind of unusual. You know, I love speech radio. I love the way that you can talk to the listener, the way that um, the music gets in the way for me. And um, local, a local commercial station was interested in me from a voluntary point of view. Normally, they'd offer people... Um, They'd offer people, you know, to go out in crowds and stuff and hand out leaflets. But the things, I've got autism. I don't really, uh, that makes me feel really uncomfortable. I much prefer kind of the safe um, haven of an office or a studio. You know, that's kind of where I am. So I did have a little bit of interest from there. But I told them, look, I, I'm one of the only people, I think, that moans when the DJs don't talk enough. And a lot of those commercial radio stations don't seem to to offer that you know they don't seem to have that going for them they 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 don't talk enough they go we're here at a bank locally and it's like you, they're literally the the actual live from the bank probably totals about two minutes and 13 seconds that that kind of really annoys me there's nothing there's nothing kind of immediate about it you know there's nothing local it's just okay we're somewhere here we are wave at me um, here's Michael Jackson or here's George Michael or, you know, I don't know, something along those lines. But funnily enough, the commercial station that took interest in me has now just been bought by Bauer. So, you know, I'm probably, I'm, I was probably wise to do that. But yeah, if you were worried about my credibility for for talking about the subject, then I've been in there from the ground up. You know, I, I've got up, I might not have got on the train at five o'clock in the morning to do a radio show across the country, but I have got up, you know, at like six o'clock in the morning to do a two, three hour radio show online to about five people. If that's not dedication, I don't know what is. And sometimes I do two or three shows a day back in the day and certainly when I was at Southwaves I was producing other people as you do when you're you're kind of involved with it and this would involve you know people doing recordings for their program and then me piecing it together which would take about five to ten minutes per show you know and I wouldn't call myself an expert and one of my one of my uh, kind of regrets is not studying in music production or audio production or something like that a little bit more thoroughly you know actually doing a course because I did courses in media which is more to do with video and marketing and and audio is is actually on its way up so I, I, I don't really know where to go from here really other than hopefully you've got a nice broad overview about what my experience has been and like I say I haven't covered it all I do plan on going into detail as and when I can based on my experience and I would also like to hear from you as well if you're out there and you're you're listening and you're thinking well I've got experience in the radio industry I would love to hear from you I would love to know your thoughts on um, on just anything really to do with the radio industry because we're in a little bit of a thing at the moment and I have struggled to get a job in the industry, one, because I haven't really got any formal training and also because being on internet radio actually kind of harms your reputation. Uh, 
you know, you're seen as not professional. I sent my demo to someone once and they went, well, you sound really nervous. You don't sound professional. And it's like, but I, I tried, you know, I used to sit there doing links and stuff and, and trying to get it, get it better. So, you know, if anybody does have any uh, particular um, thing that they like to to make any observation or anything, then you can email watching the wireless at southwavesaudio.co.uk. The power of the pause. And um, also, I, I should say, I'm not just going to talk about modern radio in this podcast either. I, I'm also going to um, refer to one of my great loves, something I discovered in 2012, um, old-time radio, American old-time radio, to be exact. Maybe I could get, I could get some guests on here as well. Um, I don't know. Time will have to tell, won't it? It will have to tell. Time will tell. Right. Okay. So thank you very much for listening to the first episode of Watching the Wireless. My name's Jamie Dyer. Always has been. And I shall see you again on the next podcast. Toodle pip. (laughs) 